you've hit play on the screen companion. With all the movies and TV at your fingertips, how about some help making a selection? My guest today is Stacy, and this is Friday from 1995. I first came across it when it got to Comedy Central in the late 90s. I was roughly 10 years old. <laughs> yeah. Living in New Hampshire, geographically and spiritually as far as you could get from South Central LA. We might have had 10, 15 black people in the whole city. Ooh. <laughs> this was really an introduction to black culture, West Coast culture. The soundtrack to this thing is tremendous and probably some of the first rap I heard. Damn. Man. <laughs> you, however, tell us a little bit about where you grew up. Born and raised L.A., man. Like, even in the movie, the streets, Normandy, Western, all that stuff, like, that was my stomping grounds. I know this. I grew up around here, man. Even going to school, the quote of this movie, like, everybody quoted it. You had to see Friday to quote it. And everybody loved it. It's completely opposite of how you grew up, man. Like, in the city, this was the movie. This represented everything. It was like a childhood in one, you know? Were there any other movies that were as popular as this with you guys growing up? African-American type of movie like this? No, this was like it. This was a generational movie for us, man. This defined us. <laughs> <laughs> and I was born in 89, too. Everybody knew it. If you didn't know Friday, you weren't cool. You weren't popular. Just go home. The guys that made this movie, they were in their early to mid-20s. What was for them representative of how they grew up, it just really shows things don't really change too much, do they? Not in L.A., they didn't. Give us a little summary of what the movie's about. I'd say, really, it's just about experiencing black life from the morning you wake up to nighttime. You go to bed, you know? The movie literally encompasses all this happens in the span of one day, which seems outrageous, but it's not. It's what happens. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about watching it this go around. For one thing, these guys are just sitting out on their stoop, Ice Cube, Chris Tucker, Craig and Smokey, respectively, and they just spend all day sitting on their stoop. Where I'm from... It gets cold so much, people don't generally just hang out on their porch all day. Nah, you can do that in Cali. People still do it today, man. Nothing to do. No job. No money. Sit on the stoop. Just chill. So many side characters just walking around all day. Is that kind of what you experienced? Yeah. You know, it's the city life. Like, it's always busy, always bustling. Something's happening somewhere. And just sitting outside, you'll see it all. Literally, you'll see it all go by in a span of one day, just like this movie did. It is awesome. <laughs> well, let me give you a little background for this movie. It was directed by F. Gary Gray, born in New York City, but raised in South L.A. Actually, he was raised in Gardena. That's down the road, one of the streets he mentions, you know. He also directed Set It Off with Jada Pinkett and that came out the following year, he just really established himself for movies about black life. And then 
Years later, he directed Straight Out of Compton. That's another good one on my list, man. He has quite the association with Ice Cube. This was written by Ice Cube and DJ Pooh, who I really didn't know too much about the latter, so I looked him up. He's the guy that actually played Red in this movie, the guy who gets his chain stolen by Debo. Pooh also was a writer on GTA San Andreas. Oh, okay. Interesting, eh? They must have gotten him for it because he was involved with Friday. Yeah, it had to be. He knows the streets inside and out. <laughs> Seems like a local. So then Ice Cube, he got to thinking about writing Friday one night after hanging out with John Singleton who had just directed him in Boys in the Hood. And Singleton said, hey, you write lyrics. Why don't you try to do a script? And he wrote a couple of scripts. They weren't very good. And then Ice Cube's third script turned out to be Friday. It's educational. I like this. One out of three, that's a good hit. Yeah, not bad. Not a bad record. And did you know Craig's house in the movie, it's still there. And you can take photos of yourself at the house for $10. No, no. It looks like a standard LA house, and honestly. Did you ever go to that house? That house specifically? No. But it reminds me of my granny's house. It really does. Oh, yeah. I was watching this movie thinking they could have shot this on Stacy's block. And then the neighbor's house with the bars and stuff like that, where Debo ends up breaking into. That was literally my neighbor's house. She had the bars on her windows, you know? People still broke into. The first time I went to your granny's house, I thought of Friday. <laughs> uh, I, I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you at all. <laughs> Everything is literally just, I can take you across my block and you'll be like, damn, was the movie shot here? Like, no, no, no. Couple streets down. <laughs> the LA sun, the palm trees, it felt like the movie. What about this movie? feels particularly real to someone who grew up in that area? Were there characters that felt like they were people out of your own life? Certain points in time, I felt like I was Ice Cube, man. It's the best way to put it. You wake up in the morning, go to the kitchen, you're hungry, you find you a big old bowl. Guess what cereal you gotta have? Classic cap crutch. You have to roof of the mouth. Don't care. Was that really your cereal? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's one of my go-tos, man. One of my go-tos, Captain Crunch. Before the movie, it's like, damn. Got me. Then you pour your milk, you ain't got no milk. Literally, like, my breakfast was, was that. Damn. That's a huge mixing bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who cares, man? You're hungry. <laughs> and did you ever have a moment where you didn't have milk? Oh, yeah. That was the worst part. That's the worst part. You tell everybody in the house, like, we ain't got no milk. Use water. You're like, uh, the. <laughs> when I was watching it this go around, I noticed not necessarily the way Cube dresses, but his hairstyle, his facial hair. I almost thought I was watching you, Stacy. <laughs> Did you get any sort of inspiration from him for your look? No, nothing at all. Nothing at that I can recall, you know? Especially college you. College me? No, no. I think like it's just I'm telling you, it's the LA generation. I may have been like a little late age wise to catch up to them compared to the movie, but 
still life went on just like that. Didn't change much. Because we had like, what, three generations in one house, technically? My grandparents, my mom, and us. Now, considering it does feel so authentic, is there anything about it that doesn't feel true to you? Like big, that just stands out, stands out? Well, like, for instance, Big Worm, the uh, the big drug dealer. Did you have people like that rolling through your neighborhood? Definitely do. But, like, I wasn't part of that crowd. But I think that's more like my mom's thing. Like, she knew people, they knew people that did that stuff, like, did with drugs and all that stuff. Because she made a big point to keep us away from it. Like, the classic streetlights come on, you got to be in the house. Just don't go here at this time. She'd always just give us the knowledge of things, what to do, what not to do. And like constantly drill it into us. So that specific crowd, like I didn't get that part of the movie with a smoky mostly. Like I think that was more of a smokey's thing. Deal with the drugs and all that stuff. I didn't get that. I got more of the good kid, Craig. <laughs> well, and it feels pretty broad when Big Worm shows up in an ice cream truck. Yeah, but at defense, my mom did mention stuff when I was younger, like don't go to the ice cream man, stuff like that. <laughs> you know? Because ice cream were known, I guess, to sell like cigarettes and stuff like that to kids too. Oh. Which I think the movie kind of played upon, but they didn't explore it. That gets pretty dark. And they went for like a light humor. Yeah, well, that's something that is definitely there beneath the surface. I think they weren't shying away from the darker aspects of growing up in the hood. But it's meant to be more nostalgic and look at the good parts of it. But there is a dark undercurrent throughout the whole movie, not just with Big Worm. But with Debo, the neighborhood bully. Every time he pops up, man. <laughs> his theme music. Oh, Jaws. I love it. <laughs> Just that stare he gives them. And all he's trying to do is take their crap. Later on, Debo comes up to uh, Craig and Smokey on the porch. Craig's like, hey, give me your stuff. We got to hide it. That's when I started getting the feel like, oh, man, Sele, Debo's the big tough guy. He's going to perform the quote pocket check. <laughs> that's exactly what he did what you got on my drink that's the classic bully man I don't know if you had that when you were growing up but definitely an LA bully we had hoods but you had a whole hood a whole neighborhood <laughs> <laughs> we had a couple bad apples that you generally just didn't hang out with but nobody that really struck fear into anybody or rash of uh, break-ins like that you messed out on some good gold I notice people yell at each other constantly, whether they're friends or enemies or siblings. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah. There's a moment early on when Craig goes to his sister, Dana. He wants to get a date with Dana's friend, Debbie. He opens the door when she's sleeping and just starts yelling at her and says, Dana, hook me up with Deb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not used to that. If you want something from somebody, you start with the sweet voice and then maybe you get angry. You don't start angry. <laughs> you gotta put the passion in there, man. Passion lets them know, like, you want it now. You just gotta, you know, hook me up. At the beginning of the movie, uh, the camera's sweeping through various rooms in Craig's house. We see everybody sleeping. And I love that detail of Dana sleeping propped up on her hand because she doesn't want to mess up her hair. <laughs> I like how you picked that up. I missed that part. Gotta keep the hair perfect. You grew up with sisters. Did they ever sleep like that? Oh, yeah. Shower caps, too, you know. They get a fresh do. They want to keep it. They do what they got to do. There are so many great quotes in this movie. 
The movie opens with a quote by Chris Tucker. And he says, I know you don't smoke weed. I know this. But I'm gonna get you high today. Because it's Friday. You ain't got no job. And you ain't got shit to do. (laughs) That just sets up everything that happens in the movie, basically. Yeah. Sets us up for success. Another great line in this movie, because all the side characters in this are just perfectly cast. They're all funny, including Craig's dad, played by John Witherspoon. And there's a moment where he's talking to his son, and he has him go into the bathroom while the dad's taking a dump. (laughs) Gotta have the man-to-man talk. (laughs) I love the way Ice Cube holds his nose. He just, like, hooks his finger all the way over his nose instead of just plugging him up. (laughs) And he says, hey, I smelt your shit for 22 years. Now you can smell mine for five minutes. (laughs) I'm happy to say my dad never had me come into the bathroom while he was taking a dump like that. I must agree. I didn't grow up with my father. My grandpa never did that to me. But I think, in retrospect, he kind of did. I think it was just shit with the door open, which is kind of what I do now. Like, I just take a crap with the door wide open. Fiance comes by, like, <laughs> close the door! I'm like, why? It doesn't matter. It's just a poop. Oh, God. <laughs> you know? That's a power move. Why is that a power move? Because you're basically saying, I'm not holding all this in in this room everybody's <laughs> gonna experience this <laughs> it's, it's too much for me you know you gotta you gotta share the wealth actually there's two scenes where he's on the toilet talking to craig and you hear the plop plops in between dialogue <laughs> oh and the farts <laughs> yeah so um what were some of your favorite scenes or moments in this the first one would be shortly after that once there's a knock at the door of Craig's house, and guess who it is? The Jehovah Witnesses. <laughs> Everyone hates the Jehovahs in LA, man. Another one would just rang home like, damn, I, I should never got the door. They can hold you there for like 10, 20 minutes just talking to you, telling you about the Lord, and you don't want that. Want to send them on their way. You also got uh, the classic, which everyone did this. I know you did it too, Frank. You always slam your parents' door, right? Like when you're leaving and you slam it on accident, you get mad, you slam it. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I did that once or twice, but that's a running joke in this movie. Everybody's slamming doors. Yeah, because that's all your parents tell you. Stop slamming damn door. It's because the screen door is loud, bitch. It's fucking loud, man. Stop. Stop. <laughs> that's always why it sounds loud. It's the screen door, you know? And then there's a moment when Craig and Smoke go to a corner store, and there's uh... a big sign over the the counter that says, Black Owned. <laughs> Oh, man. And then a Korean dude, an old man, pops up from behind the counter and you hear a gong go off. (laughs) And he's even wearing, like, black clothes. See, that was was another thing. Like, when I was growing up, like, I didn't pay too much mind to that. But later on, like, when my parents and everybody mentioned me, like, everything is owned by the Asians out here in California. You know, in L.A. section, you're like, no way. No, it's not true. But once you get older, you start looking around. Yeah. Yeah. They have that classic black-owned business sign, but it's not black-owned, man. The workers are black. <laughs> I wonder if they put those up after the Rodney King riots and stores <laughs> were getting busted into. Probably, probably. You probably saw more of those and more Asian people wearing do-rags and stuff to try to fit in better. That brings me to the thing. Like, you lived in California for a little bit, like the L.A. area, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Before they get to the store, they just pull up. 
and the bum appears. You've had experience like that, right? Like an aggressive bum, just really aggressive. Let me wash your windows. Let me do this for you. Let me do this. Let me pump your gas. Let me do something. Give me a couple of dollars. <laughs> I know you got that experience. Oh, all the time. San Francisco, L.A. You can't turn the block without one of them descending on you. Even the fiend in this movie, there's something likable about him. He's so freaking scuzzy, but <laughs> they're definitely worse bums than him. Definitely worse, but he tries the trick, man. He tries to do the classic in the store because he follows him in. He acts like he's tripped and fell. Oh, I've had that. I've seen that happen. Oh, dang. I haven't seen that one in real life, but, you know, I heard about it. It's pretty pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> and just like in the movie, everybody's just looking at each other. You know, nobody's buying this crap. And then they look down at him and just wait for the bum to shut up and realize it's not working. And then he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a cool moment at the end that lets you know that he is a nice bum. Debo has him hold on to his knife for a second. And then the fiend gives back the knife, and he says, look, I steal, I don't kill. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's another good quote right there. This movie, it's like a sitcom in the best way possible. Every moment is some great one-liner. I mean, the whole movie's just fun, even when Smokey and Craig are getting shot at by Big Worm's bruisers. It's still kind of funny because they're in the back of a truck, and Craig asks Smokey to look up and see if the van's coming by. <laughs> and neither of them wants to look up. So they start playing with each other. Okay, on the count of three. And then on three, neither of them really gets up and they're faking each other out. <laughs> <laughs> what other memories did this movie jog for you? At one point, they brought out just, just this little, little tidbit of mama jokes. So I think it was just like sporadically Craig be talking to Smokey. Somebody say something, they'd be like, yo, mama. We skip a couple of scenes ahead. They bring the joke back like, oh, do 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 yo, mama. Another little thing we did at school too. <laughs> there is a moment at the very beginning where Craig's mom is making breakfast. And the joke ends up being that she makes all this food and Craig's like, oh, it's going to be awesome. And then it turns out she just made it for herself. I've had that before, yeah. I know Craig's pain, man. But it's such a huge breakfast. Is that, is that something moms do in the hood? Not that huge of a breakfast, but they do make a nice spread like that. You know, like some sausage, bacon, maybe some pancakes, and eggs. And like, oh, yeah. Because this is when you're older, too. Like, oh, we're all going to enjoy breakfast together. But at his age, early 20s, your mom's like, get a job, go to school. You didn't pay for the breakfast, you ain't getting none. But at this point in my life, I respect that. I understand it. I see why she did it. But at the same time, when you're in that spot, it's dirty. <laughs> it hurts, man. It hurts. It hurts. <laughs> I think my grandpa was a bigger friend of that, too. Like, he'd make himself a nice breakfast. Really nice. And he'd enjoy it. And you'd watch him enjoy it. Why you eat the Captain Crunch with no milk? What do you think about the soundtrack in this movie? It's one of the best ever, huh? Oh, yeah. For me, I didn't, like, truly sit down and, like, get the soundtrack until you had the scene where they're on the stoop. Craig just got high. They started talking. He starts a little trip. They go in the house. Fast forward a little bit. They're on the couch. And then they're watching music videos. <laughs> We've all been at that point where, like, we're just too high. He's got to chill on the couch, get some snacks, 
watch the videos and they're watching guess what snoop dog <laughs> well this movie has such an eclectic assortment of musicians it's got rap funk r&b we got james brown rick james cypress hill surprisingly no nwa on the soundtrack though wow damn hmm. i mean you got cube but i think it's him solo on the soundtrack Oh, and all those cars that sound like they're a few muffler shots away from just totally giving up. Yeah, everybody got a hoopty. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, with Smokey's car, it's a Pinto. And the muffler's so bad, it sounds like gunshots. And you see people reacting, and then they realize it's just a car. <laughs> everybody act like it didn't happen. Like, oh, there's no gunshots. Nobody's getting killed. Nothing's happening. It's just a regular day in LA. This movie they're obviously playing up parts of it for comedy and watching it as a kid that's all I took it as was just a comedy and I thought all of it was made up to some extent and then when I moved to California for college and then went down to LA I realized it's practically a documentary <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 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 It is. For whitewashed folks like myself, <laughs> such a great introduction to the culture with the music. Like I said at the beginning, I think a lot of the rap and R&B that I really heard at first when I was a kid came from this movie. And then it made me go, oh, who's Rick James? I need to look into this. Who's Cypress Hill? I need to look into that. Dang. That's funny, cause I guess because I grew up with it all. Like I didn't pay any mind to that, man. I like these artists. I know them. I know them. <laughs> Nobody was playing Ice Cube riding downtown, you know. <laughs> <laughs> with the older guys that I might have come in contact with, it was all rock and roll. And then people my age, it was Britney Spears and Jason Mraz. See, that brings another question to my mind then. There was a couple of times when Smokey forgot his key at home all the time. Which usually means your mama don't trust you. She ain't gonna give you the key to the house. So he's always locked out. Oh. I thought he was just forgetful because he was a pothead. Oh no. Heck no. When a big worm pulls up on him and they outside and he goes to talk to Big Worm, Big Worm's like, Smokey, you're not stealing from me, are you? Smokey's like, no. I'd rather steal from my mama first. <laughs> but you never had that because I know like, my neighbor's she lock her kids outside for just a little bit, you know, get some relaxation time, man. No. <laughs> no? You never got locked out, dude? I know I've been locked out a couple of times, too. Not on purpose. Oh, yeah, on purpose. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> you know? But you never been locked out? You know, you never came to the door, like, banging like that, like, ah, let me in. And they're inside, and you know they can hear you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that brings us back to the slam the door when they finally let you in. Just slam the door. I could see why you might get a little angry and slam the door after that. <laughs> well, geez, what other aspects of this movie am I not seeing because I didn't grow up that way? Here's a side note, a funny story. Well, one of my friends, <laughs> this wasn't me, like, believe it or not, this was not me. Definitely not me. One of my friends and neighbors. Smokey's experience of taking a poop outside in your own backyard happened to them. No lie, man. It wasn't me, though. I got to clarify that. It wasn't me. It was my friend. This movie 
was good. <laughs> I look at it all, and it really doesn't connect to much of my experience. But the characters are so well drawn, and a lot of them, most of them, actually all of them, I might not want to hang out with them, but there is a likability to their characters. You want to see them on screen. Even though Debo's a, an asshole, every scene with him is fun to watch. So even if maybe you're a Midwestern kid, grow up on a farm, uh, I wasn't quite that white bread. <laughs> You know, even if you're like that, maybe growing up in the frozen tundra of Alaska, you can still enjoy this movie. I think they did a good thing to throw as much comedy and character moments into it as they did so that it wasn't just for a black audience. It could be enjoyed by general audiences. If you just take out the swearing, this could be like a PG movie. Yeah, it could. It could. Because it is so multidimensional, all the characters have their moments to shine. Sure, a couple characters, like the Fiend, you're meant to laugh at them. But there are plenty of normal people on the block as well. Such as Craig and his family, they're just a wholesome family. Eccentric, <laughs> but wholesome. If you had to point to something as far as what the themes of this movie might be, has anything come to mind? Just a regular day, you know? That's, that's it. <laughs> like, can't get more simple than this. Can't get more complex than this. Just Damn it, Stacy! I want more than that. I, I can't give you more because that's... Dig deeper. Come on. There's nothing to it because like, it's just my childhood. Like, There's so many days where I spent outside on the porch talking to my friends, just having fun. We walk to the store, walk back, go with the flow. If I tried to come up with some theme about this movie, you know me being perfectly situated to speak for the black community. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's something about community, because this movie is just constantly people coming in and out while these guys are on the stoop. Even somebody who's a lowlife, like The Fiend or Felicia, rarely... Does anybody in the movie look at anybody else and say, go away? You know, don't come around here. Don't talk to me. Yeah, never come back again. And so there is sort of an acceptance of just people in the neighborhood. So that's who you interact with, which I'm not used to. My northern New England sensibility <laughs> is once you know somebody is stealing from people or you or any other sort of ne'er-do-well... You go, yeah, don't come around. <laughs> I'm not going to associate with you at all. Can't just straight ostracize somebody. You know, it's still part of the family. Tell them don't do it again. You, you watch them, keep that eye on them. But, you know, you just got to gotta put up with them. Moving on to one of my favorite new segments, which is TLDL. Too long, didn't listen for folks that... Just want the skinny on this movie, get to brass tacks, and don't want to listen to this whole episode. Shame on them, first of all, but I understand they might be busy today. So I'm going to ask you some questions, and I want one-word answers. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Is this Ice Cube's 
best movie? Man, you always hit with a loaded question to start. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I got a yes or no this one. <laughs> oh, God, God. Can I pass? <laughs> no, because if you can't give me an answer, tell me what other movie of his is in the running. Triple X2? I feel like the peer pressure is on. I feel like you're deboing me, man. You're deboing me to break in someone's house right now. You know? <laughs> like, that's what it feels like. But I'm about to go with, sadly, yes. Is this Chris Tucker's best performance? For me? I'll go with yes. Would you call this a stoner comedy? No. I'd have to say no, honestly. No. Who's hotter? Nia Long, who plays Deb in this movie, or Nia Long a few years earlier in Boys in the Hood? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Dang. <laughs> Damn. We gotta have six degrees of separation involving Ice Cube, because he's in Boys in the Hood as well. Yeah. <laughs> She looks hot either way, man. Come on. This is... This is <laughs> oh, God, man. Be a man and choose. <laughs> I can't choose on this one, man. I want both. <laughs> For my money, I'm going to go with Neil Long in this movie. Her outfits are just so wonderfully 90s, very sporty. She's got a great haircut. Uh, she's smiling a lot. She even stands up to Debo, which is the dumbest thing for her to do because he's so big and... He has no problem smacking around women. That's the thing, though. Black women, especially in this time, they were tough. Real tough, man. They might not be able to fight you, but you know what? They break you. So that uh, that ending fight between Debo and Craig, I want to talk about that fight a little bit. Because there's a moment where Debo pulls a knife and he's trying to intimidate Craig and then Debo lets the fiend hold on to the knife for him because he's just going to whoop his ass without any uh, weapons. <laughs> Which is, is actually uh, an honorable moment for such a bully character who goes around stealing from people in the neighborhood. But then Craig, after getting his butt beat, he pulls a gun on Debo. And we actually get a little bit of a morality tale where they're talking about the ills of, of trying to solve all your problems with guns and real men don't use weapons and sometimes you just take a beating and then you live to fight another day. So he hands the gun to his dad and then Craig and Debo get back to it in front of everybody in the neighborhood they're fighting. And Debo actually gets him in a sleeper hold. And Craig just kind of go night night passes out a bit. Now, here's something that really got me this watch, which is Debo, a little prematurely, starts gloating and challenging everybody else. Like, who wants to take on Debo? You know, I just kick Craig's ass. I'll kick somebody else's ass. So his back is turned, A. B, Craig grabs a paver and throws it at Debo's head. So... I thought the whole point, the whole moral of the story, was that you're supposed to use your fists. That's the honorable way to fight. But Craig uses a paver, 
He hits Debo with a two by four. He hits him with a trash can. None of this is just fisticuffs. <laughs> so Craig cheated. That's what I'm saying. Craig cheated, and Debo would have won fair and square. I actually, I, I, I call it cheating. You know, I, I see it, but it's not cheating, man. You know, he used his resources wisely. The best way to put it. He took his beating first, and he's like, you know what? In order to win. I gotta use my resources. Whatever's available, use it. So you're saying he used his street smarts? Oh yeah. It's a street fight, man. <laughs> it's a big difference. Street fight don't matter. You can't bring weapons with you to a street fight, you know, you just gotta find them near location. It's around you. Oh, I see. That's the distinction you're making. Yeah. Okay. If it's already there, sure, uh grab a clump of dirt, try to blind somebody with it. That's fine because you're just using the earth at that point. When you saw it as a kid, did that message stick out to you? Did you take it to heart at all? Honestly, no, I don't think so. Uh-uh. So they were trying to do a good thing and help impressionable youths such as yourself try to end <laughs> the violence and you weren't paying attention. Nope. Nope. Definitely not. I cannot say I was on that part. <laughs> you just watched Debo get beat up. You can't do nothing but be excited, man. <laughs> the big bully goes down. Now, if you had to recommend this movie to somebody and pair it with a meal, a drink, <laughs> what do you think they should experience it with? A bowl of Captain Crunch? <laughs> No, no, I'll, I'll take it back even further than that. Just for you, Frank. This is a Frank special, man. Just for you. There we go. <laughs> so they get you a 40, some pork rinds, a blunt or two. That's not your deal. Get a bong going. Okay, so that's a little bit of a 3D Friday experience. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, just for you, man. Just for you. I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> it sounds like you're uh, implying something for the listeners. I want them to know I support everybody all the time. I don't make fun of any particular group. And uh, the comments made by my guests on the show are theirs alone. <laughs> they take full responsibility for it. 